Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Life. Are you growing with it or feeling left out? Either way or in between, you're in the right place today with the host of Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice, Jillian. She's an award-winning author and radio personality. She's warm, she's fuzzy, and she's got an attitude. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Julian Moss-Beckman, and this is Change Already, Your Future, Your Choice. If you've been following along, the last two programs that I've had the last two weeks have been a drama. How many of us love the drama or how many of us hate the drama? I enjoyed doing that small little mini-series. I never know where I'm going to go until spirit kind of takes me in one direction or the other, but... In, I started talking about drama, but not in the normal sense that most people talk about it, because when you think of drama, you think of what the intellectual mind or what we physically create to jumble up the chaos in our lives. But I was talking about the energy of drama, and I came up with these intuitive different kinds of drama, whether that was drama diva, drama slayer, drama boyer, or even a drama negotiator. It was a conversation on how we create it energetically and what life forces we use when we are doing it from a certain place within our life force. And I gave some intuitive suggestions on how to contain it and possibly, if you have any desire, how to move past it because most of it probably is self-inflicted, right? Who knows? Anyway, go back and listen to those that change already with Jillian, the last two programs. They're labeled D3, Dismiss Gang Drama Part 1 and 2, or you can always find it at my website, Jillian Moss Backman, on my radio page within that site. And, of course, it's on iTunes every week. So just remember, when you, when you listen to it, try to follow both directions, part one and part two. And just a reminder, this week I'll be back on the road. Yay! Seeing private client consultations, that I, which I've been missing for a long time because I was out on my book tour. I'll be at 20th and 21st. That's this Wednesday and Thursday. And, of course, reservations are required. So go to my website and get all the details on how to get a hold of me and schedule that for your own personal time. It's a really good time right now because we're winding down 2013 and the energy of relationships, and I've been talking about that the last couple of months. And the next year of energy, 2014, is coming quickly upon us, but it's a real good time to have a conversation on sealing the deal and starting anew in 2014. Which brings me to my next guest. I'm really excited to talk to her. She's been on my show before. Her name is Jill Angelo. And she's really dedicated her own spiritual expansion for a long time in all different directions. She's had a wonderful journey, and I love listening to her stories. You will like her, too, because she just has such a good depth of information for all of us. Jill spent the last two decades in the business management world changing 
and doing the typical business things we do. And for some reason, inside all of that, she heard her in a calling that we talk about forever on this show. And when she made that commitment to herself, she started traveling extensively, studying and working with a number of spiritual self-help authors, including Carolyn Mays, Marianne Williamson, Andrew Harvey, Matthew Fox, and Mona Lisa Schultz. She went all over the world studying with these people. Can you imagine? Uh, what a lucky lady, and she's so gracious about it, and she's very humble, P.S. But from there, she took all those pieces, and somehow it fell in place for her own personal calling. She was able to pull from her past business savvy, and now the wisdom that she's gleaned from working side-by-side with all these world teachers all over the world. And in that all of that thing that she learned, she realized calling was to teach the rest of us about sacred spaces. And we've talked about it, and I would consider Jill what I call a grid worker. She really has this love with earth and planets and animals, and I think it's essential that we all listen to her words today because she has this awareness about sacred spaces, so it was only a natural outgrowth that she become a teacher in this area, and she started a company several years ago called Your Space of Grace, and I want to talk to her because now I know a lot of you have told me, as I told a lot of other people, it's hard to get to us, so books are essential when you're talking about self-help, spiritual awareness nowadays, and she's expanded into writing her book and it's called Sacred Spaces, Transforming Houses into Homes. Welcome, Jill. Hi, thanks so much, Jill. Wonderful to be here. You're welcome. I was reading some of the excerpts from your book, and you really are talking about our sacred spaces. You know, people throw that around, Jill, all the time now. But what I like about it is that you've been able to take this sacred space idea, and we're talking about transforming our houses, wherever that may be, and put our deepest values, our dreams, and our hopes, putting them all together and understanding how where we live incorporates and brings those things to fruition. Do you think you could talk a little bit more about that? It would be my pleasure. I think that people, in my experience, I should say, there's a lot of people out there who are not as connected to their homes as they could be. Home is a sanctuary. It's a safe haven. It's a place that we want to go to feel comfortable, to feel nurtured, to relax at the end of the day. That's not necessarily the way a lot of people choose to live. I've come to realize that there's a lot of people who work those 12 and 14 hour days not necessarily because they have to, but because they want to. They don't always want to go home because they feel more comfortable at work. So my goal is to help people remember and to encourage people to remember why it is that they bought the house that became the home because that's what happens, right? We go out, we start looking, we're going to go buy a house. And then when we purchase it or we identify and we realize this is a house that we want to make a home, and we have that list of what we're looking to accomplish, right? We're going to get married or we're going to have kids or we're downsizing or upgrading, whatever the reason is. Once we found that location, 
is a transition now, and it goes from being the house to the home because we've identified and we're now going to attach our dreams, hopes, and wishes to it. And oftentimes in the hustle and bustle of life, which, you know, life happens, right? And as right. it continues forward, we get busy. Our, our schedules get demanding. Our kids want to be in 10 different things, and parents don't want to say no because we want to give them that opportunity to excel and be their best selves too. And that hustle and bustle, as I was just mentioning, takes over, and we then start to live in a cluttered state. Um, There's tension and stress because we've got deadlines, we've got clutter, we've got a mess, and as I'm saying, life just continues to happen. And sometimes we just lose sight where we have to take a moment and take a break and just refocus and recenter ourselves and realize that this is what we came here for. This is what this, this home now is. It's the safe haven. It's the nurturing place. How did it become so chaotic? And what can we do to prohibit and prevent some of that chaos? Because some chaos, I mean, chaos is normal too. How do we recalibrate ourselves so we can live in a form or a place of harmony? I remember when you were out house hunting. Do you remember that a couple of years ago? And I remember yep. you telling me that you went through a lot of places. And it took I you did. a long time to connect to that vortex, that place, that energy that was your own. And I can remember how thrilled you were, Jill, when you finally landed on the place where you connected with all of you, you know, do you remember how you felt? I think that's what you're trying to convey in the book is that we should have that sense of excitement and joy and even peacefulness when you go into that space of that we own on our own. Very much so. Very much so. But oftentimes, again, <clears throat> life continues. We right. get older. We're not as active. We buy treadmills at the beginning of the year, and we bring the treadmill in the house because we are going to exercise, by golly, we are going to do it. And then guess what? The treadmill starts becoming inlaid in with clothes because we don't want to look at it anymore because we know we're supposed to be on it, but we don't get on it. And then if we cover it with the clothes, we won't see it. But yet there's that psyche that happens with ourselves, that we walk in the room, we see it. We know full well and good we should be on it, but we're still not on it. So let's put some more clothes on it. And, you know, this cycle happens, and then we become, we don't want to go in that room anymore. And you'd be amazed at the number of homes that I walk into that people don't like rooms. And that's one of my first questions when I get there is, what room are your favorite? Tell me why. What rooms are your, what room or rooms are not? Tell me why. And oftentimes the... Rooms that are not are because there's a piece of exercise equipment, it's an office, it's something that people know that they, quote, should or made an intention to work on, do, and are not doing. And so they sabotage themselves, beat themselves up for not doing it, when instead it's like, guess what, if you're not going to work out on the treadmill, that's fine, then either... Let's work together to get you to want to be back on that treadmill, clear it off, put it in a place by the window, whatever we need to do to get you on it because you want to be on it. If you truly do not want to be there, then don't torture yourself by keeping it in the house. Let's get it out. 
it's simple things that I sometimes just feel that everyday life just happens, we get busy, and it's not necessarily at the top of our list, and we don't know why it happens, yet it's here. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And the things that you're talking about, Jill, we've talked about this on air before. It doesn't cost any money. But I think people want to just stay in denial with a lot of that stuff. You know, just avoid, just close the door instead of going into the challenge. And how reflective is that in all of our lives? In other words, maybe our sacred spaces are trying to tell us through our closed doors that we've got bigger issues of things we don't want to look at, so we just simply close the door. Right. And you're right. saying, you know, in the middle of the room or go into those places that you don't want to look because I think, Jill, the part that I like about your work is that it's easier to look at your space first before transforming yourself. It, you're right. And it goes, there's a level of it that goes hand in hand. And that's yeah. the reason yeah. why I designed the book the way that I did because while my book is a very simple read of 100 pages, it's, got, it's chock full of questions and suggestions to help you get to, to your core, your soul, your essence, call it what you want, but to get centered and to realize why is, like I can ask people when I teach, I just did it last week, I asked a group of people what their favorite colors were. One person could tell me, a few others could not. I bring out a box of crayons, Everybody can pick their favorite colors. It, it's just that, you know, they don't know, but they know, right? And so when we, when we took out the colors, then I asked them, and they never pick one. They pick three or four. So when I asked each one of the participants, which one of these colors do you see yourself with more? Ironically enough, two of them said not that much, yet they were wearing the color. And so when I said, how much of this is in your closet, two of them both said, the majority of the clothes that they wear are in those neutral color schemes. So it's just having that, that basic awareness and putting all the pieces and parts together. And that's why the book is designed the way that it's designed. What are your favorite colors? I mean, do you have them throughout the house? What do they make you feel when you see them? Are you happy? Are you joyful? Yet you don't have them in the house. Why is that? Why wouldn't you want to be surrounded? So when we did class number two, the second half of the class, the following week, one of the women in the class came in, and it just made me so happy. She goes, you know, I want you to know that I love the ocean, but I live in Chicago, right? So she's not getting the ocean here. She's getting the lake, but it's still not the same, which I agree. She says, I love the ocean. She says, I was out shopping. She says, I found this beautiful turquoise bowl that reminded me of the ocean. She says, I spent a great majority of my time in the kitchen. She said, so I put it on the kitchen table and I put lemons in it because lemons make me happy. That made me so excited because that's how simple it is. That's how simple it is. Yeah, I, I, I love that concept because I think spirituality has become so complex nowadays. I think that it, if, if you say, you know, I'm working towards my spirituality instead of saying I am present with it already, and what people don't understand is that the things that you're talking about, they can do in a 15 minutes or five minutes 
And spirituality is simple. Everybody uses the word simple, Jill, but they don't understand it. And bringing out a box of crayons and connecting mindfully between the colors that they, that they love and are drawn to, to putting them in a, a prominent place in their world is such a simple thing, but, but it has such impact. I don't think people quite understand the connection there. I agree. I agree. And it, it, and it, for some, sacred space is, the word sacred space intimidates or people think that it has to be religious, and that's not necessary. It, it, for some it is. For me it is. I think that when people are beginning, it isn't as much of a religious thing, if you will. Um, but as you progress through it, you become very aware of yourself and how you live and how things speak and why you have them, then it is in its own form what is very important to you on how you would view sacredness or your God, spirit, higher power, because you are that. You know, one of the chapters talks about being taking care of yourself and self-help, and self-care, I should say, our bodies are temples, and we just expect them to keep going and going and going, no matter what we feed it, no matter what we don't feed it, no matter how much coffee we fill it full of. We just expect it to keep going. It's never going to break down. We're never going to get sick. We shouldn't be exhausted. Yet we keep pushing ourselves, but we don't take the time to nourish it. And, and those are things that are really important. We don't want to exercise. Okay, when, how long do you expect yourself to keep up at that pace? Because any of us who are in our 40s already know we cannot do the things that we did in our 20s. And, and we know that it continues that way as we continue to get older. So focusing on taking care of ourselves is one of the most important things that we need to do. And that is clear across the board. Religious, non-religious, spiritual, non, you know, non-spiritual, it doesn't matter. Focusing on taking care of ourselves is highly, highly important, as is Anyone will tell you that if you remove clutter, you open up space for new to come in. I mean, there's truth in that. If you, if you can't clean out the closet because you feel too overwhelmed, then clean a drawer. Clean off your desk. But to be mindful of what's around you and how you live, that's the whole reason why. I'm not going to tell you that if you put, and I believe in feng shui. I believe in feng shui. I think it's great. I think that Vatsu is great. But I lean more toward wabi-sabi. And, and wabi-sabi is a Japanese aesthetic that says, in the very simplest of terms, is that the perfection is in the imperfection. And that's how I see us. Everything is sacred. Everything that's important to us has its own level of being sacred, of importance, of value, just like we are. And so, again, that's my goal, is to help encourage people to remember why it is that they bought the, the house that became the home, why it's so important that they live there, the, like the textures. Oh, my goodness, when I teach, I put blindfolds on people. I love it. And I make them feel everyday fabrics. Because if I take away the sense of sight, you won't identify in the snap of a finger. Now you have to focus. You have to feel what is in front of you. Because we're too reactive sometimes, you know what I mean? We're in a technological age where everything is moving at the speed of now, if not faster. And so my goal is to slow you down and to bring you back to center, like I've been saying. And so I put a blindfold on you when you're feeling material. And those materials feel entirely different because now you can get 
you can get to your center and say, wow, I really like how this feels in, in my hands, or goodness, I don't like how this feels. And you'd be amazed at when people separate what they like from what they don't like, and I say, okay, how much of these materials are in your home? A lot of them don't have it. Outside of the norm, you know, certain towels, you know, linens are a certain cotton base, right, for our bathrooms and whatnot. But if you like silk, then why do you not have silk sheets or why do you not have beautiful silk pillows on your bed every day or on your sofa? It's those kinds of things that bring you, again, back to center, and it's not that it costs a lot of money in order to do so. Well, Jill, to answer that question, I don't think people even realize that, live, you know, sleeping on silk sheets are going to change their outlooks on life, that they're miserable, they're disappointed, you know, and when someone says, well, sleep on silk sheets, and they look at you like, lady, what are you talking about? Because if life were that easy, I would have done it a long time ago. And I think that what you're saying there is be conscious of everything, not just the awareness of your own intuition and what's going on, what are you sleeping on? And, you know, here's the deal. Put the challenge out there. You don't believe us? You go buy a pair of silk sheets and see. I've done that. I've done that before, uh-huh. Jill. I've changed up things like that, colors and everything. And it is weird. It's uncomfortable for a lot of people, Jill, because it's such a simple solution. People go, wait a minute, where's the drama? Like I was talking about last week. And it really does work. Right. It does. And and that's the thing is, is that I think we've gotten to the point where, I shouldn't say all, some have gotten to the point where if you've led a complicated life, you would expect something like this to be complicated also. Yes. And it doesn't have to be that way. It just doesn't. It's. Another thing that I suggest to people is if you're not sure, then walk around. You want to change the energy in your home, walk around and change the contents of what's in your home around. Oftentimes, very oftentimes, we stay in a neutral palette of our own color. So if people like to stay in the greens and yellows, then you're going to see a number of rooms that could have green and yellow in it. So I encourage people, then take the pillows and the blanket or the throw that's in this room and place it in another room and vice versa. I could do that in my home. My home is like Indian jewels. It's all those bright colors, coppers and fuchsias and uh, parakeet green in my kitchen and those kinds of things. So I can move pieces all over and change the entire energetic flow in the room. And it feels like I just redecorated the entire house when all I did was move things from one room to another. Change the furniture. And if you can change the furniture in your living room, rearrange your furniture and just see the difference it feels there from an energetic flow. Sometimes moving a chair from one side of the room to the other is all you need. And I realize that sounds so simple. But if you're walking in the room going, you know, I really just don't like it in here, and we move the chair and the chair now faces the window, it, it changes the entire dynamic of the room. Again, yeah, you, very you, simple things. Right. And uh, people already do that, Jill. They unconsciously rearrange. How many of my friends rearrange their furniture all the time because they're just bored and it feels stagnant? Or the other thing people do is when they're angry, frustrated, what do they do? They start cleaning the house. 
Well, at some level, your unconscious is telling you that is a good thing to do, but we don't connect the dots, you know, to, to say moving the furniture and cleaning up the bathroom is actually a spiritual sacred thing you're doing for yourself and others. People don't connect that unless you put a conscious thought to it. True, true. And, and here's another suggestion that I would make for people who are listening. Another conscious thing that you can do that will shift and you will feel the difference. When you take your shower or your bath, in the morning or in the evening, it doesn't matter when, but when you do, be consciously aware as you're cleansing your body that you're removing any and all negative thought, uncomfortable feelings, whatever you're feeling that day that's not 100% in a positive direction, that you are literally washing it down the drain as you are bathing yourself. Right. And as you've rinsed it all off and you have re-rinsed yourself, now have positive thoughts. If you're a lotion or a bath oil person, then have positive conscious thoughts as you place that on you. That, you know, you're nurturing yourself, you're sealing yourself, you're taking care of your skin, that you are, you are loved, that you love yourself, that you're glad that you're, you're healthy. And just keep thoughts such as that that are positive for you. Whatever a positive mantra you have is, as you're drying yourself off or putting your lotion on, and see the difference you feel. And another thing is, make your bed. There's a lot of people out there who would rather hit the snooze, cut themselves that five minutes, if not less than that, run themselves out of bed and not make their bed. And when they don't make their bed in the morning, they go to get back in it at the end of the night, there's a big energetic shift in that. So there is something to be said about folding down those covers and getting into it every night and feeling welcomed and nurtured in your bed. And when we run out of it in the morning, and I realize that sometimes it cannot be helped. Power goes out. You know, there's lots of circumstances that can cause it. But when you intentionally, deliberately blow off making your bed every day, there's a level of I feel that you're not respecting yourself enough and you're not having enough, mm, I'll say, I'll say respect, compassion for yourself when you get back in that bed at night because this is now where we lay down to rest. This is where we lay down to regenerate ourselves through, through the night. Why wouldn't you want to get into something that's welcoming you instead of left the way you ran out of it in the morning, right? Simple, simple things. Ew, this has been a fun show. One of the questions I have for you is you were talking about the classes or seminars that you're doing. Are those possible on a regular basis? Are you doing them somewhere? And where can they get the book if they can't get to you? So those are two questions. I just taught locally here in the Chicagoland area. I am happy to work with people one-on-one. I'm I'm hoping that one online webinar company is going to allow me to be a part of their um, offerings and teach. I should find that out soon. So then they'll be regularly available. Otherwise, I am contemplating doing my own. My book is on Amazon, so you can search my name, Jill Angelo and Sacred Space, and it will come up. It's a black cover with orange gold writing that says sacred space. And you can contact me through my email, jill at jillangelo.com. 
And do you take questions? I mean, if people have, is that what the private consultations are, Jill? You can do those by phone or you do have to do those in person? I can do them by phone and I can also do them by Skype. If we do it by okay. Skype, then I get to see your house and then I want to see your house. Otherwise, I can work with you without it. Sometimes I like to see people's homes, especially if they feel that they're having struggles and whatnot. Um, it's easier for me to see the room. Others have sent me photos of their, of their house. They've drop boxed them to me. It's very easy to work together one-on-one. Wow, that's, that Skype business is really good. I'm really getting into that with everything that I'm doing. So that's a really, really good idea. So again, Jill Angela's book is called Sacred Spaces, Transforming Houses into Homes. Thank you, Jill, for being the guest today. This was fun. I enjoy these kind of shows because it's a little different. Spirituality sometimes gets too heavy, and you bring in such a lightness in the way you present it to the world. So thank you for being my guest today. Uh, thank you so much, Joe. All right. Next week is Thanksgiving. I'll be taking the week off. I'll, I'm not sure which show I'm going to be running, but they're all good, so I'll just pick one. And between now and then, I want you to remember, change doesn't have to be difficult, but it is necessary to grow. I'll see you same place, same time, high noon, Block Talk Radio. Thanks for joining Jillian today. Don't miss her famous at-home personal enrichment lessons. You can complete them on your own time to accelerate your personal change. They're simple and nothing like you've experienced before, just like Jillian, warm and fuzzy with an attitude. So change already.